Okay, let's begin. Baruch Hashem, a new day, a new week, a new life. Baruch Hashem, we're blessed, each and every one of us, that we are able to learn how to think positive, how to talk positive. And as we know, Hachaim ve'amaves biad halashon, that life and death is based on how a person speaks. Vayhi adam l'nefesh chaya, that, uh, uh, good to see you. Which is that a person is how he speaks, right? You don't meet a person until you really hear what he has to say, right? You can see someone and say, oh, wow, what a, what a lovely person. And then they open their mouth and you're like, what an, what an ugly person. Then you could see someone who's, uh, what an ugly person. And then you, they open their mouth and you say, what a beautiful person which is the person's panemius, a person's inside. And uh, we want to start off every day and to remind ourselves how dibur, how speech can kill and how um, our positive thinking about other people and working on every day, as the Chavetz Chaim tells us, that if we learn his Sefer every day, it will automatically help each and every one of us not speak Lashon Hara, It'll help our Yetzirah for Lashon Hara uh, diminish, as he says, if one learns my Sefer on a daily basis, then his Yetzirah for Lashon Hara will become smaller until it eventually leaves him completely. So that's one of the reasons why we do this every day is because we want to uh, review and we want to learn the Halachas every day so that we can never um, stumble in the Chas Hashem, talking negative about any Jew. Okay, where are we up to over here? We're up to day 68. Morty, where are we up to? Page 176. Okay, you did it Thursday, 178. Okay. The information just hints at something negative. Avak rechilas. Okay, so here we go. Statements which do, which do not contain outright negative information, yet nevertheless cause hurt feelings, fall under the category of rechilas. So again, it does not specifically say something negative, but it could cause hurt feelings. For example, you tell your brother, yesterday when I mentioned your name to my cousin... He said, I don't even want to talk about him. Since this statement can cause your brother to feel hurt, you are not allowed to say that statement. Okay? So again, you tell your brother yesterday when I mentioned your name to my cousin, he said, I don't even want to talk about him. That would be avak, Lashon Hara. Because avak means that you're not saying something specific, but you are hinting to something and it can be looked at a certain way. So therefore, that is something that a person is not allowed to say. That's called avak, which is like the dust of Lashon Hara, of, I'm sorry, of Rechilas. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's go to page uh, day 70 also we'll do. Page 181. Praising someone in a manner which can cause ill feelings. Sometimes by praising someone... One can cause ill will. For example, Moshe and Labi are partners in business. And you tell Moshe, your partner Labi is so generous. Last week he lent me $100,000 from the business. The statement is not allowed to be told because it can cause Moshe to be upset with his partner for lending so much money without his agreement. Page I went to page 181. Okay, your wealthy uncle lends you money from time to time. However, when your friend who has a reputation of not paying back loans approaches him, your uncle doesn't want to help him. When your friend confides in you, you tell him, I'm shocked. My uncle is so generous. Whenever I'm in need, he will always help me out. So although you meant well by talking positive about your uncle, but it will cause your friend to be even more upset at him. So interesting. So here you're saying something positive, but that ends up being negative. You're like, oh, wow, he didn't help you out. He helps me out all the time. So you can cause this guy to be upset at your uncle. Okay, one more thing. 
Um, you're not allowed to repeat to another Jew that someone praised him in a matter which can cause him ill feelings. Mr. Green does not want to lend you money. You then argue with him. My friend told me that you lent him a large sum of money. How come you don't want to help me? Right? So you're not allowed to say this to Mr. Green because it will cause him to experience ill feelings against your friend informing you that he had lent him a large sum of money. Okay, yeah? Yeah, Morty? Right. Right. I guess try not to be upset. That's all. Right. Well, you can go over to the guy. You can maybe go over to him and say, "I just want you to know, in the future, if you could just, you know, I'm not upset at you." Oh, you're saying as far as money-wise, that what? Not. Meaning what? That someone's not going to pay you back? So what's your? I don't know. What should I do? What should I do? Do you have money to lend them? So then why not? Right? If you could help another Jew, if you could help him, why not? Why not? Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay, you're, okay, so that's a decision you have to make, to say, okay, I'm lending the guy money, and, you know, I know I might not get the money back. Okay, so you have to take that into account when you're lending somebody money, and it might be a gift at the end. That what? Okay, so that's a choice. That's a decision you can make with your money. Okay, you could say I'm not able to lend money. That's not a big deal. You could say I can't. Well, what does that mean? It's not lying. You don't want to. I'm, I'm not able to lend money right now. I'd, I'd rather not. So that's okay. You, you could say, you could say that. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm. I, I'm not comfortable lending you money now. That's all. I have to say why. But, uh, I have to get into the details. Okay. Hashem should help each and every one of us uh, today and every day. We should be zocha to see the good in every Jew. We should be zocha to see the good in ourselves. Be to not speak any negative, any any lashon hara, not be makabel any lashon hara, no rechilas avak rechilas for us and all the Jewish people. Yes. I want to share um, the, the kaya from this year. Yeah. On Friday, I was with the, the Rebbe and all the kids. I picked them up from Cheder. Right. And a guy cut me for no reason. One of those that like to get extra one car. And I, right, I in traffic. In no traffic. <laughs> right. And I had in mind, the Rebbe said, what do you got to honk? And my wife turned to me, she's like, wow, why are you not honking? So I said, I'm working on myself. And she was like, wow. But the, big, the biggest thing that I realized, can you imagine my kids hearing We've been with so many people that use Yiddishkeit as excuses, and we've seen them, and, and they hear their dad saying he's also working on himself, and that, that's what's the issue. Sure. 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 So true. So true. So true. I want to say also, you know, with your kids, you know, to grow up and to be in a car with your father, or your mother and driving and seeing your father not get upset you know is is uh is a beautiful thing and not honk his horn and not not a beautiful amazing amazing okay which is the the segue into Mesil Sisharim where we're up to Parak Chav Gimel we're a few chapters away from from the uh the end of the Sefer 23, Chav Gimel, which is obviously a high level we're, we're dealing with. And this parak talks about acquiring humility. We've been speaking about the components of humility, how to be humble, what is considered humble. So we said the four things from the Ramchal is, number one, literally acting humble, the way you talk, 
right? Not beeping your horn. That's a humble thing to do, is not to beep your horn. That's a humble thing that makes, that makes Rabbi Tzvi even more humble than he is already, right? Then there is a person getting insult. He's able to handle insult, which is one of the hardest things for a person, that someone puts you down, someone says something negative, and you don't, you don't, uh, you don't say anything back. You just let the person, okay, it's all right. Um, sorry? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, we've been working on that for, uh, yeah. That's been the theme, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, right, right. So, so it depends. Yeah. If someone's abusing you, that's a different situation. We're not talking about someone abusing you. We're talking about, you know, a regular, you know, like, like uh, driving on the road and someone cuts you off. So that's, you know, that's uh, to be okay with that. Someone says something not nice to you while you're online in a store or someone, whatever it might be. Obviously, if a person's in an abusive relationship, he has to deal with that. We're not talking, you know, he's not talking about that. Yes? Um, yeah, I think with being stepped on, yes. is if you can't say, like, if you can't stand up for yourself, you're being stepped on. But if you're able to stand up for yourself, you're able to say, okay, right. Right. Right, right, correct, correct. Yeah, I, I, I think that what Yehuda's saying is, meaning if we're already talking about in, in a relationship, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, if someone does something to you to say, why did you do that to me? Nothing wrong with saying, why why did you yell at me? But, or why did you say that obnoxious thing to me? But the point is to retaliate and to hit back. Right? Most, most fights, or I should really say all fights, right, between husband and wife are all, it takes, we said this the other day, it takes two people to argue. It's two to tangle. It takes two to argue. Two to tangle is, <laughs> takes two to, two, two to tangle, it's true, but it takes two, it takes two people to fight. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not fighting, then there's no fight. So it's not that I'm being stepped on, it's like I'm not interested in fighting. Right? That doesn't mean you're, you're being stepped on. That, that's, so that's the second thing, yes. But standing up for yourself, is that what you meant? You meant saying that? Well, you are scared that you're going to be stepped on, and then be stepped on, but if you're able to fight back, and you're not being stepped on, if you're able to, and you stay right, right, correct. Correct. You're in person, you don't, so what? Right, right, exactly. Correct, correct. Right. Yes? And if you have a kid, Right. You know, goes to school, he comes back, and like, oh, the kids are being mean. Right, right, it's very hard. You start with, okay, right, it's very hard. But eventually you want to tell, listen, don't, It's very hard, that's very hard. School with little kids and bullying and those things are very, very complex and very challenging. It's not simple. It's not simple. It's not simple. It's not, I'm not going to say right now, oh, you tell your kid, just, just you know, you know take, take the hits. It's not so simple. It's not so simple. It's not so simple what to tell your kid to do. That's a whole different parsha. Yeah, everything. Tell your kid to understand, to look into it. That's a major, correct. Correct. But I want to say like this, we've spoken about this many times, right? There's a lot of bullying that goes with, with, with adults as well. There's a lot of that that goes on with adults. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen just in school. It happens at work. It happens in other places that adults will do the same to adults as well. So we have to start over here. So that's number two. Number three is running away from honor and working hard. That was the third thing we said. And number four, we said, is honoring other people. You're focused on helping other people. So now the Ramchal says, how do I get that? How do I reach that level? So he says like this. He says, number one. Number one is haragilus. And number two is vahizbonin. And we're going we're gonna to talk about both of them. Regilus is pretty basic. Regilus, says Ramchal, means that a person has habits. When you learn to not yell at people, when you learn to accept um, um, insult, when you learn to not always have to be the first guy, right? Who told me this? Uh, or someone put it on the chat, someone, right? I overheard these two guys saying... You know, let the, this person take first in the dining room. When you let someone take lunch before you, what was it? The quotes or something? Where was it? Oh, it was on the paper, right. That what? Overheard? What was it? Yeah, Shimon Gol. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, Effie. 
They were over her. What is it? Yeah. Right, they were over her saying, well, what was the line? I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly. Let's get it. Where is it? This is a humble, what was it? This is humility. Oh, heard in the lunchroom. Here we go. Where's Effie's there? Good. And Shimon's there? Right? This is what happened. See, this is what's funny. See, the humble person at the end gets all the praise that the Balgaiva is always looking for. Effie and Shimon were not looking for praise. They're being humble. So what happens? They end up getting praise. The people who are looking for praise, the Bali Gaiva, they don't end up getting praise. So Effie heard in the lunchroom, Shimon Golden, Effie Nelton, telling people to go before them in line. Exactly. Now that's, right? You think, oh, oh, it's so simple. It's not so simple. It's not so simple. Right? That's what we're talking about. Right? Little kids beating each other up. You have adults beating each other up. It's the same exact thing. Same exact thing. It doesn't, just to tell everybody here, it will not change. If you're a Balgaiva now, you're only going to become a bigger Balgaiva. It doesn't change when you get married. It doesn't change when you're a father. It doesn't change when you go to work. It'll only get deeper and more complex, I promise you. That's besides seeing the tzaddikim learning at uh, 12. I told, uh, we were here at a quarter to one. I said to, uh, I took a picture from over here, but you couldn't see the clock. So I told you who to race to take a picture where you could see the clock of Shaya and Aaron and Chaim and Yehuda Mattel learning the daf right before he's 20 years old. But that's what it's about. Anyway, so, so, uh, so how does a person acquire that? That's how you acquire that. When you start doing little things like that, when you start doing little things, and the Ramchal, I made a diak, if you look in the Ramchal in his Lushan, he says it about like five times on this page. Again, I don't know if he meant this, but I kept it for my own thing. Ma'at, ma'at. He says it like, ma'at, 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 ma'at. One of the things that's important for the humble person is patience. Slowly, little by little, little by little. person says, oh, I heard this great cheer about being humble. I want to become humble overnight. No. Over time, when a person does it, I could say for myself, I, I mean this. I don't know, I'm trying to think. I'm here in Eretzrael already five years, six years. I definitely started because I remember saying this in Shir when I was giving this Shir in Shayashiv. Probably I would give myself two years. It's probably more than that. So for seven years, I've never used my horn in my car. For seven years, at least. It could be even ten years by now. Now why am I... Right? Yeah. Thank you. No, but I want to say it. I remember, I remember, I remember... What did you say? Yeah, right? I remember... Well, listen, I was in the five towns. See, come on, there's no old car over there, right? So I, I, I'm just telling you, I remember, I remember driving, I remember when I made the decision, because I was learning, it could be I was learning Mamish this piece. It could be I was learning somewhere in Masil Sharm or giving Shir Masil Sharm. I'm like, I am not using my horn. Now, of course, if you have to beep because it's a dangerous situation and someone's going to come and smash into you, then of course you have to use a horn. That's, that's different than sitting, right? I was saying, sitting in traffic. I love that. When you're sitting in traffic, you're sitting in traffic, and then the guy's trying to get in front of you in traffic. Like, like where are we going anyway? Usually someone behind you is going to do the honking already. <laughs> right, right, exactly, correct. In the alley and the guy's right. moving, someone's going right. to do Right, the that. second the light, the second the light, and, it's, and, and the reason I'm saying that is that little by little, little by little, Day by day, you call up your father, you call up your mother, and you wish them a good Shabbos. Little by little, you're not going to say, oh, now I have the best relationship with my father. No, it might take you years to have a great relationship with your father. But little by little, you call up your mother, you call up your brother. People want to have good relationships with their siblings. You call up your sibling, quiet, hi, have a good Shabbos. They do answer, they don't answer, it doesn't matter. Little things like that. Little, little things where someone uh, says something to you and you're able to not, you know, fall apart. Of course, like, like we're saying, of course, if you're in a relationship with someone and someone says something hurtful, there's nothing wrong with talking to them nicely and saying, what you said to me was hurtful, can we talk about it? Mir Tzachem, you'll see when you get married, it's not about what you say as much as it's 
how you say it, especially if your love language is words of affirmation, which a lot of people have that as a love language. I mean, everyone has that as a love language, but as a dominant, if words of affirmation, so when you say, you could say anything to your wife. You could literally say anything to your wife. The question is, how do you say it? Do you say it nicely and with respect? You could say anything to your kids. People think when they're kids, they're kids, oh, they're my kids, I own my kids. No, when you learn to talk respectfully to your kids, and you talk to them nicely, that makes you more humble. It's all about doing actions like that. When you honor other people slowly, little by little, you honor people, you give to people, you're focused on, on not your position, but what you're doing. When a person does that little by little, little by little, he says it straight out. He says, The nature of a person is to have ego. That's the nature. You can't be upset at yourself if you have an ego and you're a big Balgaiva. You know why? Because it means you're normal. You were, we were all given from the snake, from the Nachash HaKadmoni, a Zuama of Gaiva. Of, to be an ego, ego, ego. That's why it's the 23rd chapter. It's at the end. A person who can slowly break down his ego, he's going to be one of the happiest people in the world, the most successful people in the world. He says, It's hard to uproot it. You can't just uproot it. Rather, That's like the fourth time he says it. Inside, you might feel like a Balgaiva. But when you don't call shotgun, you sit in the back. You go ahead and you give someone a sitter. You go ahead and you slowly call your parents. You do all these actions. You can even make a list. Make a list of humble actions to do. And you slowly go ahead and you work on them. Little by little, it will work. It will work. You work on not talking so much. That's a, that's a big... If a person, excuse me, a person works on not talking so much and listening more and not just saying whatever comes to his mind, that also helps him with humility. Okay, that's number one. Question, comments on that. And then we're going to go to number two, which is his sponing, which is incredible. Number two is also, Baruch Hashem, we have the Ramchal. The Ramchal teaches us how to live our life. Question, comments, please. Everyone's being all humble over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slimy. So, something funny happened to me on Friday. Yeah. I decided that uh, you, know, work, you should call your parents, you know, to do some texting. So, on Friday, I thought, you know what, let me call one of my brothers, right? Well, I hardly call. I called him. And in the middle of talking, the, the phone knocked down, uh, like disconnected, but it didn't go off. I suddenly started hearing the whole conversation from his side recorded. Like, like him picking up the phone, hearing his side, answering all the questions that I asked him. Don't know what happened. It was very interesting. Like somebody was listening in. So I thought, Hashem, it's a sign. Hashem is showing me this little phone call. It's being recorded. He, he knows. Oh, Beautiful. 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 That's amazing. Right? See, those little things. Yes, Yuda. Right, it's normal. Correct. Beautiful, Yehuda. Amazing. 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 I, I, I want to say something to what Yehuda is saying. Right? First of all, the fact that he opened up to say, I had Gaiva thoughts, that's a <laughs> humble thing to say. When you think that you are a Balgaiva, that's a humble thought. That's a humble thought. Well, you like that? But it's true. I know, but it's so easy to like... Yeah, because the Yetzirah is a crazy wacko, the Yetzirah. He takes everything good that we have and he twists it to be bad. So having a thought that I'm a Balgaiva, we say, oh, I'm such a Balgaiva. No. It's going ahead and saying, oh, I'm such a tzaddik. That's when you're, that's when you're a Balgaiva. When you think you have to work on yourself and you have to realize that you have so much to do and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm upset at myself because I have so much to do. That's a humble thing. That's a, that's a very humble thing. Shkoyach Yehuda, very good. Beautiful. Okay.
Yes. Right, exactly. Well, that's what he said. The humble person doesn't fool himself. It's the ego makes a person fool himself. He says, oh, it fools himself. Either I'm too low, right? He fools himself to think that I'm not a great guy. That's also fooling yourself. That's the same fooling yourself of thinking that you're the best guy in the world. How about saying, this is who I am, and I have these kochos, and I have these strengths, I have these talents, I have these weaknesses. The Yitzhahara wants to blind a person from reality. That's what the Yitzhahara wants. He wants you, as much as the Yitzhahara wants to push you down from, from uh, you know, looking at yourself negative, he also wants to push you down for looking at yourself positive. The point is he wants to push you down from looking and seeing the truth, seeing the MS of who you are. Okay. Yeah, number two. Yeah, anybody else? Okay, let's go to the next piece. The next piece says, the Ramchal, how do I become more humble? Says Ramchal, thinking. This is beautiful. Says the Mishnah, says Akavya ben Mahalalel, and it says that what? That a person has to think and understand what life is truly about. What happens is a person forgets that he's going to die one day. A person forgets the fact that life is very fragile and that in one second your whole life can be turned upside down, which is another thing that the Ramchal is going to say. But number one is for a person to realize that where is it that you come from and where is it that you're going and that the fact that you're going to have to answer for your life and that Hashem puts you in this world and He puts you in this world not for a person to go ahead, right, and to think. And I'm going to read for you a little bit of a, of a gra where he brings in Mishle, Perik Yud Dalid, Pasuk Yud Beis. He says, Yesh derech yosher lefneish v'achrisa darche moves. He says that a person thinks he's got it all worked out. He thinks, oh, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to eat the way I'm going to eat. I'm going to go ahead and do what it is that I decide to do. That's all ego, what I decide to do. I could give it to my desires whenever I want. I could sleep when I want. I could say what I want. I could live the way I want. But the problem is, says, says Shlomo HaMelech, and says the Ramchal, really based on, obviously, this, is that no, it doesn't work like that. Your life, obviously when a person's, let's say, 15 years old, a person's 10 years old, a person's 16, 17 years old, maybe, he still has time to go play around. But at what point does your clock run out of you playing around and saying, wait, when am I going to get serious about my life? When am I going to realize that at some point, right, it's Shia's birthday today, right? Happy birthday, Shia. Right, why is the 20th birthday so significant? Because when a person turns a certain age, it means that there's a certain responsibility on you. That it might not been, have been on you when you were a little kid. And you could blame it on mommy and daddy, on your brothers. You could blame your life and say, I am, I am putter. And it could be you were putter. But at what point does it come for Hashem to look at you as it says, a person is born alone? And a person dies alone and is buried alone. Why is that? To show that at the end of the day, you yourself have to answer to yourself. You have to answer to God. You have to answer to your purpose and why it was that you were put in this world. When a person begins to think like that, see, part of the challenges of our generation is our generation is filled with one big, fat distraction. That distraction is mostly making money, that distraction is mostly people getting to a status, and they forget their entire purpose of being on this planet. If you have trouble when you're in yeshiva, because the Yetzirah is very strong when you're in yeshiva, 
If you have trouble when you're in yeshiva focusing on your purpose, so when are you going to know your purpose? Purpose when you're out of yeshiva? You're going to get your purpose in life when you're out of yeshiva? You ain't going to get your purpose in life when you're out of yeshiva. That I promise you. So when a person, that's why the Yitzhahara distracts a person when he's in yeshiva to do everything but finding his purpose. Because that's what the Yitzhahara wants. The Yitzhahara wants you to be so distracted in yeshiva because, because that's the place to get it. That's the time to get your purpose in life. And when a person thinks about it, a person spends time thinking about it. That's why I always say the beauty of being in, in the Moshav, the beauty of being here is the fact that a person can walk and he's not distracted. You're not distracted by all these things. And you can actually walk. And people are afraid of that. That's why people are afraid. They're afraid to be alone. They're afraid to be with themselves. You know why? Because there's a very strong voice that's asking them, why are you here on this planet? What's going to be when you die? What's going to happen when you die? Where are you going to go? Who's going to, what are you going to answer to? Well, why were you put in this world? For what? Just another guy, as we've said, the, the wheel is spinning and the hamster's dead. You're just going ahead and just making another buck, going ahead and just getting married and putting money in the thing, having your car in the driveway and living. Do you know how scary that is? Do you know how scary that is? You know how many guys I speak to when they become 30, 40 years old and they say, you know what? This is what I spoke to. I spoke to someone who you guys know here who's just a few years out of yeshiva. And know what he told me? He told me straight out. He says, I've been working now for a year, two years, and I realize this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. That's it. Get up in the morning and go to work to make another buck, to do another. That's it. That's why I'm here in this world. No wonder people are so depressed. Because that's not what it's about. It has nothing to do with what it's about. Okay. Uh, consumers made that that's what it's about. What did consumers do? What do they, if you look at your, I mean, we could look it up to see how many times they ask you online or whatever it is, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. It's all about buying, consuming, buying, money, flying, all that. So that's all the world is, is teaching us. It's all the world. The world isn't teaching you to get in touch with yourself. The world isn't teaching you to work on yourself. The world isn't teaching anybody, oh, work on your anger. Work on your sensitivity, yeah? I downloaded this meditation app. <coughs> I thought it's going to get me disconnected, but they asked for a subscription. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay, Baruch Hashem, at least it's a meditation app. But it's true. But, no, but it's true. The world... And, and, and I'm not saying this to be a negative... I'm not saying this to be negative, chas shalom. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you that unless you're going to think about life and actively think about life, unless you're going to really seriously take life seriously and really think about where you come from and what Judaism's about, what is the Torah about, what is my neshama about, what, why am I put, right, as we've said, right, we're not a... We're not a human being trying to have a spiritual experience. We're a, we're a neshama trying to have a physical experience. When you look at yourself as a neshama, you look at yourself that there's a major purpose, that will humble you. Question, comments. Morty, you had something you wanted to say? Please, question, comments. This is very important. What yes. What? Your soul would abide, but not abide Right, exactly. Meaning you're, people look at themselves that I'm a physical person trying to connect to Ruchnius. It's the exact opposite. I'm a Ruchnius person and i got to try and figure out how to deal in this physical world. Yes. Rabbi. Somebody. It's so quiet this morning. Sunday morning. Yes. Yes. So what aspect, even with the example well, first, you can't. From here, you can't worry about being outside of yeshiva now. You have to worry about being strong in yeshiva. Uh, so I, I, me too, me too. I'm also trying, and I can tell you one thing. He, he, his main operation is right now. His main operation is not in the future. Because there is no future. 
His main operation is not in the past, because there is no past. His operation, especially when you're in yeshiva, is right here, right now. He wants to have everybody, I'm going to say this straight, you could spread this all over. The Yetzirah, when you're in yeshiva, wants you to waste, the Yetzirah in your life wants you to waste time. He wants you to waste your life. But when you're in yeshiva, specifically, he wants you to waste time. Why? Because that's where it's, when you're 18, if I would say very, very significant time in your life, I would say it would be from 18 till you're 22, 23. Obviously, every time in your life is significant. Why? Because who are you going to marry? How you're building your brain. When you're 15 years old, you're doing homework or you're not doing homework. What are you doing? You're discovering yourself. That's what you're doing. You're not even discovering yourself. You're reaching puberty and figuring out, oh, who am I? When you're 18, 19, 20 years old, that's when time where you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, am I a faker? Am I a loser? Who am I going to be? Am I, uh, am I going to go ahead and just sell my soul for my friends? Sell my soul to Tivus? Some people will sell their, sell their souls for, 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 for a dime bag. I don't know if they have dime bags anymore. Do they, they, you know, they don't have that anymore. They have 100 bags. I don't know what they have anymore. No, but I'm being serious. A person is willing to sell his life for some grass. That's crazy. To feel good. And he, those are the depressed people. To, to, to sell himself for some vodka. For, I'm not being serious. To feel good. Meanwhile, why do you have to feel good? Because you're depressed. That's why you have to feel good. So you're not dealing with your depression. You're not dealing with anything. So I'm willing to sell my soul for what? For sleep. I sell my soul to my bed. I sell my life to my bed. So now, obviously, we can all relate to everything that I'm saying. Of course, I can relate to that also. I sell myself for stupid things. But we have to think about that. You have to think about it. How many people sell themselves for a job? How many people are willing to sell, right? No offense, but I'm saying if you sell yourself for, for the job, then you're no different than a, than a you know... I don't even want to say it, but you're no different than a, than a, say, you know, than a zaina. I'm saying you're selling yourself, you're selling your life for money. You're selling your life for money. People, how many people sell their families for money? How many show and buy his problems because people are out working? I gotta make a buck. I gotta make a dollar. So therefore, my family is going to suffer. So what are you doing? You're selling your family for a buck. So what's more valuable? Your buck. Or your money, or your or your or your family. What's more valuable, my life, or or to to and it's to? It's crazy that people will say, I'll, t- "I'll take a bullet for my kid." How about just start by being with your? Kid? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, Rabbi. It's beautiful. No, it's true. It's true. Don't take a bullet. How about how about sp- uh, spend time without being on the phone? Spend time, put, I have the same, listen, I, I talk about this every day, all day. I have every, I mean, Baruch Shem, I, I, I have a system, so it's not so crazy. But I, when I come home, I try and be there sometimes, be able to be there, have supper with my kids. I don't even keep my phone in the room. I don't even keep my phone in the room. So I could sit for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and just have a normal, do you know what that is? You know how healthy that is? Make a commitment right now, everybody here. Make a commitment that you'll sit at home with your kids during supper. If it's 15 minutes, that's fine. If it's 20 minutes, if it's 10 minutes. But put your phone. By then, I don't know what they'll have. I don't know if they'll have phones. They'll have your, like we've spoken about, the helmet. You'll have your helmet or you'll have your little egg box that we've spoken about. So make sure that your helmet or your chip that they implanted in your, you know, in your brain, whatever it is, that you're able to take it out during supper time so you could sit with your kids and no matter what your kids are going to be dealing with. I, tell, I have to tell my kids, put away your phone. Everyone put, when you're in the car, I do this. We're driving in the car. Everyone put away your phones Put away any gadgets so we could sit in the car together. I'd rather my kids fight with each other. I'd rather my kids fight with each other than be separated on their stupid devices. Why am I saying that? Because, because that's... How do we get into this? What are we talking about? The drive of the Yitzhahara. What? The drive of the Yitzhahara. 
We become self-centered. We become selfish. Right, I'm just saying, just have supper. Have a supper. When are, oh, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. I give into it also. I have to go ahead. I have to, when my little kid says to me sometimes, he says to me, it's the worst, it's literally Gehenna. I've had my little son, as I'm talking to him, or there, say, Tati, you know, you're not listening to my dad because I'm, I'm in the middle of finishing a text about Ba. That's like, that's like him taking a knife and stabbing it right in my heart. And what am I going to say? No, no. You know, my, my eight-year-old kid, what am I going to say? No, it's not true. They know, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Chutzpah. Right, what am I going to say? Chutzpah, mind your own business. That hurts the most. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I apologize to him. I'm so sorry. I feel like the biggest loser in the world. I feel like the biggest loser. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm being vulnerable to everybody here. It's, it's, it's terrible to have your kid say, Tati, you're not giving me enough time. Tati, you're distracted. I'm like, you win. You can't, you can't answer that. There's nothing to answer on that. But your own life, we're selling our lives. And that's the main thing that the Yetzirah, and as we get closer to Mashiach, as we get closer to Mashiach, for sure, for sure, I don't have to tell you guys what the whole Western culture is all about. Don't think about death. That's why, that's why it's scary. That's why it's very scary. We don't want wake-up calls. We don't need wake-up calls. We gotta do it. That's what he says. He says, everything, you're going to be like everybody else. Everybody in this space, Medrash, everybody listening to this, at the end of the day is going to be food for maggots and worms. That's what it says. Every person at some point is going to be food for under the ground. So then suddenly you're not as you're not as big of a bagaiva as you thought you were. But you gotta think about these things. It's Mamash this week's these weeks parshas of Shmos is is it's brought down the Rambam says straight. These parshas of Shmos, we'll talk about it, God willing, is all that Paro is literally the Yetzahara. You can learn from these parshas how the Yetzahara works. And the main thing that Ramchal says the first time he introduces Yetzahara. What does he say? The first time he knew Yitzi, the first time he introduces the Yitzhahara, what does he say the Yitzhahara is? The biggest Yitzhahara is from Paro, which is what? Tichbad Ha'avoda, which means be distracted. Be distracted from your purpose in the world. Be distracted. Yes? Oh, that's why he what the Jews so hard. Correct, that's what he's saying. That's Paro. It's Yitzhahara, yes. Right, correct. That's the irony. Correct, exactly. Correct. But, but, but in this world, to, 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 spend, to spend five minutes, to spend ten minutes, to spend a half hour to think about what is my purpose? Why am I here? I'm not talking about what am I here, what job am I getting. Bigger than that. Not, oh, how much money am I going to make? Who am I going to marry? Bigger than that. Why? What, what, what is my existence about? One day I'm going to die. What, what am I going to do then? What legacy? What are they going to write on my, on my tombstone? What are they going to write about me? What, what is everybody going to write about me? Who's going to visit me? <laughs> what are they going to say at my, at my funeral? What are they going to say? You've got to think about these things. Yes? Oh, Mm-hmm. He says that you. He says like you really imagine that, and that, and you imagine the, the you, like vividly what the future right. will be like, and then you write down who's going to be there. You want people to say about right. you, and then you just see if it, it connects. Correct. And he told me like he's like getting ready to like do. It. I don't know if he did it yet. Mamish on Thursday he spoke about it, but um, besides for one thing, I'm not going to shout out that he's actually literally working on the book, not just reading it, because that's like easy to read the book. Awesome. I spent, uh, I, so I want to tell you something, I spent, I don't remember how old I was, I spent a three, I did a three-day seminar, a three-day seminar on, on one of the days out of the three days of that seminar, of, of, of the Seven Habits seminar. One of the days, the entire day, 
believe it or not, you need a gut, you need, you know, the, the, you know, so the it's a Musar, but unfortunately, whatever, we, we, okay, maybe one day we'll figure out how to do a seminar like that ourselves. We spent an entire day on death. The entire day writing about when you're going to die, all these things. R- r- writing pages and pages and pages of how you lived your life and what you did. It was the most healthiest, the most realest thing that a person can... Okay, we had a few breaks. I'm saying it was, it was, it was liberating. It was strengthening. Because we think it's the exact opposite. We think, oh, I don't want to think about death. I don't want to think about, uh, you know, that's depressing. That, that's not depressing. Yeah, it's depressing. Beautiful. It's depressing. What's depressing is to, if a person would think about death in a real way, he wouldn't be sleeping all day. A person can sleep all day, not because he's thinking about death. People say, oh, I'm so depressed. I'm thinking about death so I can sleep all day. No, that's not true. If you truly were thinking and you were clear about the mortality of a person and the reality of a person, you'd be up figuring out what you got to do. You'd be busy. You're not thinking about death. You're lying to yourself. Yeah. The what? What? Well, correct. They, 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 the it's a dimion. Correct. Oh, but anyway, so besides for calling, telling about how they're the dust, I just want to say that what, the, what you're saying here is like, it's not enough to just hear you say it like you're like, if we're not doing like homework on this, like we're not going to be able to change, or like it's so, like you keep saying, like, you're so good viewed this way, like if we're not going to do homework on it, we're not actually going to Correct. Make Every it, day, correct. It's like, correct. It's, it's so... Correct. So easy, just like Correct. 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 That's why we do this. Simcha Rabbah, I want to say this. I, and I want to say this to everybody here, and you could spread it, and you could say it because it's the truth. That's why we do this every day. Anyone who thinks they don't have to talk about this every day is missing the boat. Because just because you heard it today doesn't mean you don't have to hear it again tomorrow. You have to hear it 10 more times. And 30 more times, especially in our generation, where we're bombarded by distraction. Over and over and over. Mesil Sharm says it, I love it, that he says it, and he says it clearly. There's, there's nothing new that we're talking about. I don't think I was machadish anything to anybody here by talking about this. We all know the truth of it, but it's to talk about it. And it's not just to say, okay, now I got it. Yeah, you might have gotten it now for these 10 seconds. But you got to get it again tonight. you got to get it again tomorrow. you got to do it over and over and over again. Over and over. Because we've been brainwashed and will continue to be brainwashed by the other way. And the other way is don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. What? No, it's simple. Yeah, don't think about it. Don't overly think about it. That's, that's the opposite of, of the truth. Yes. When you were talking about before about Yeah. Yes. I I went on to the summer and stuff. It's it's as if all your priorities change when you go home and it's all so different. So even while you're fighting it here, I think it's more about like learning how to fight the fight. Correct. Right, correct. Yes, 100%. Yes. Well, well said, yes, yes, yes. And, and, and I'm going to end off with this, Yossi. You, you, you helped me with, to end off with this. Uh, I, I always wondered, I don't know if you guys ever wondered, people who go to karate or kung fu or a Krav Magav or whatever they go to, Right? How do they know how to fight so well, right? So is it technique? It's just, yes, that's also true. You know why? You know what they spend? You know what they do twice a week for six hours, right? For on a week, you know, you know what they're doing? They're fighting. And the more you fight, the more you learn how to fight. Meaning any person who would spend, any person who would spend here six hours a week fighting, you'd learn how to be a better fighter. It's not like, oh, you just learn a technique and you could, uh, you know, YouTube a technique while you're in bed and learn all these techniques and then you become, then you become, right? Then you become Bruce Lee. 
That's what I don't know if you guys know Bruce Lee is, right, from back in the day. Right, Bruce Lee. You become Bruce Lee by watching Bruce Lee. No. You become Bruce Lee by, by fighting six hours, eight hours, ten hours. It's the same thing with anything, right? People want to know, oh, basketball. Yeah, you need some talent. Yeah. You sit there and you shoot a thousand free throws every day, you'll eventually get the ball in the basket. And you become better or better. So it's the same thing with the Yetzirah. Same thing with the Yetzirah. You can't theoretically, you're right, Yossi, you have to learn his ways. But the way you learn his ways is you get smacked in the face. And then you got to smack him back. You're like, oh, that came from that side. And then you do that. Then it comes from this side, that side, this side. The only reason I can stand up here a little bit more, a little bit, is not because I'm better than anybody. It's just because I've been whacked more than anybody. Because I'm older and I've been whacked and I've tried to whack back. So I see more and more experience. You get experience and you learn. And Baruch Hashem, we have a book. We have a Torah that teaches us how and gives us techniques. They say, be humble. Do this. Do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Think about life. Gives us tools. But if you don't actually do it, you don't actually do it, then you're just... Then you end up with nothing. Yes, the birthday boy. So the Rav's reminding me of a, of a rabbi in Far Chabad who used to be a karate master, and then he became a rabbi. I don't know, long story, but he told me, I woke up in his, whatever, he told me that um, when he turned 60 years old, he decided he wanted to become an attorney. Now he's like 63, and he's like finishing his attorney courses. So I was like why, asking him, like, why... Like what, what? What change? Uh, what, what, what? What? He's just like no stop. Like when I was doing karate, like it just, it just taught me everything's hard work from five a.m. and onwards, and it's all repetitions every single day. And like other people who aren't like trained in that, they think okay, I turned sixty, like I can veg out now, you know, like I'm just retired. Or he said no, like I turned sixty, like, why can't I become an attorney now? Like, right. Correct. So like, like he has that like repetitions of what he's talking about, like in, in great things. Right. And, we're, and Baruch Hashem, you guys, you got another 40 years, Shia. You got 100 years on the clock. Right, but I'm saying, until, <laughs> right, hopefully, hopefully. We're trying. Hopefully. Hang hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Hashem should help us all. Yes, Rabbi right, see. Yeah, just like Rabbi mentioned, if you look at the Shaiva in Parshish now, so it's all about being in a position, then becoming aware, and then Yisrael can change your life, and that is what we're doing. Correct, correct, correct. Thank you. Hashem should help us, and, and as I say, and, I, and I'm saying this not lightly, the most important thing that a person could do, you want to know what tshuva is? This is one of the things that, that Rabbeinu Yonah says very clearly what tshuva is. Tshuva is living, ein va'ata, the Medrash says, ein va'ata with an ayin, elolashen tshuva. Ata, when it says ata with an ayin, it means now. Hayom im bekolo tishmo. Anybody who wants to do tshuva, anybody who wants to do tshuva, don't worry about your past. You want to do tshuva, live now. Live today. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about a week ago. Don't worry about months ago. Live today to your fullest. To your fullest. You do that, that is the greatest tshuva a person can do. Shem should help us all be able to do tshuva and to remember to, that today is the first day, the first day of the rest of our lives. Have a wonderful day, everybody.